This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. This episode, I'm going to talk about calcium and dairy goats. Uh, Mostly, we're going to see how this goes. I'm on my way home from a call. I tried to record this episode once already, and I was like, I'm going to try to not get too nitty-gritty into the uh, physiology. And then I was listening back to it, and I was like, I got to get a little bit more nitty-gritty than this, because it doesn't make sense if you don't know what's going on. So, sorry, if you're not into the physiology nitty-gritty, I'm not going to get as nitty-gritty as Dr. Engelking did with us in PCAM and physiology, but, um, you know, basic calcium, homeostasis, and metabolism and whatnot in the body. So what we're going to talk about today, because calcium is an important part of our lactating animals, so gonna try to do this in like 30 minutes we'll see how it goes and um and then the next episode i'll talk about you know more like what is what happens when calcium goes awry so that's what that's what the plan is i've been like thinking about this episode for a while i like i said i tried to record it once already i um yeah i needed some time to like refresh and make more than one attempt so sorry for the delay in getting back at you with some physiology um but we're gonna get going here um if you have questions about calcium or other things relating to goats you can shoot me an email at goat.cara at gmail.com you can find the website at goatdoc.com you can find me on instagram at goat underscore doc and um, if you want to join an awesome group of people who are supporting the podcast and some people who need shout outs and I'm in the truck and I have not like I don't get on the computer like at all during the summer I'm sorry I gotta roll up my window I guess it's probably too loud um, it's so nice out today so nice it was so hot like the day before yesterday it was like so humid and so hot and everything was just sweaty and icky and now it's like beautiful perfect summer weather um i have not been on the computer because when even when it's hot or it doesn't matter my big thing this summer has been putting up permanent fencing in our pasture area which like the pasture area for the kids last year the does the milking herd got their permanent fencing this year my big like summer 2021 goal has been to get permanent fencing up so for the the lower pasture where the kids are uh, rotating so summer is go time less time to record and edit podcasts Um, and then when I like need to shout out my new patreon patrons sorry guys I'm the worst but you guys are the best um and I've said this before, Devin and I are just like, what we're trying to do is like amass content and then when we have 
have time in the winter, we have lots of things to edit and then share, and you guys will get access to that first. But, uh, anyway, thank you. You guys are awesome. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a disorganized intro, but we'll get into it because I'm going to go home and work on fencing now. Uh, This podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary vet. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR, veterinary and client patient relationship with your local vet. Okay. Calcium. Calcium in general. Um, it is like, uh, it's one of the like major important minerals of the body. It is involved in a lot of important things. Um, like it needs calcium. Yeah, it's involved in a lot of important things. And one of the interesting things about calcium one is that it, um, Largely, like if you're just to take the measurement of calcium in the body, the vast majority of calcium in the body is uh, complexed with phosphate in bone. So, right, like we hear about, like, oh, drink milk because it has calcium and that's good for your teeth and bones, right? So that's where like 90, probably like 95 plus percent of calcium in your body is just. I mean, it's not just sitting there in bone because bone is actually a dynamic organ that is constantly being remodeled and, uh, you know, thing, bone density changes and bone strength changes based on the use of bone and all of these things. But for the most part, like a lot of that calcium in bone is complex with phosphate, like I said, and it's it's kind of there in bone. Bone is like the calcium bank of the body. That is where there's a lot of calcium. But the calcium that is, like, out, there is calcium circulating in the blood as well. Um, Very, very little calcium is within cells. Uh, Calcium is uh, out in plasma, so it's out in the non-cellular component of blood. And uh, a lot of that calcium can be attached to proteins. Uh, serum proteins, like specifically albumin, uh, can hang on to calcium, and calcium will kind of stick on there. And then, the like, the most important part, like, well, not, I mean, all of these things are important, but the calcium that, like, plays a role in functional things out in, like, the active moving parts of the body, like the muscle and the nerves and things like that, uh, blood clotting is what we call ionized calcium. So that's just, like, free calcium out in the blood. And it's really important because it has to do, like, calcium is required for muscle contraction. Calcium is required for nerve conduction and transmission. Um, Calcium is required for cardiac contractility. The heart is a muscle. And for the heart to squeeze and pump blood and maintain life, calcium is necessary for those um, cardiac myocytes. So that's the heart muscle cells. For those to squeeze and pump, it needs... um, calcium to do that. Calcium is a factor in the coagulation cascade, so calcium is needed for um, clotting to occur properly. Um, It can be like a cell signaling molecule, like for communication between cells, Um, and it's, yeah, so it's important. There's not like a ton of it, but it's important to do all those things, which are important things to do. Um, The 
And then also, like as with so many things, uh, calcium kind of in particular, so I already talked about like, you know, calcium complexes with bone, or sorry, with phosphate to make bone, and bone is hard. Um, it, it creates a, a, a crystal, like crystallizes almost it becomes this it can precipitate out um of blood in certain cases which is not good um if there's too much calcium that can uh kind of make things not ideal and uh can cause organ damage and these kinds of things like hypercalcemia can be a problem so too much calcium can be a problem and then also too little calcium can be a problem because all of those things that i just mentioned you know muscle contraction uh nerves clotting all of these things um you know in an acute hypocalcemic situation those things don't work and those are important things to stay alive um so calcium's an important thing. In our uh, lactating, milk-producing animals, dairy cows, dairy, dairy goats, more commonly, like we talk about hypocalcemia, uh, milk fever, as an issue because the, the metabolic strain put on these animals to suddenly mobilize just huge amounts of calcium into their milk is like it's crazy it's crazy what we ask them to do and it's crazy that they can even do it but i'm going to talk more about that in the next episode um right now talk a little bit about uh so how so i was just saying like too much calcium can be bad too little calcium obviously is not good uh so how does the body keep that like under control and there's kind of this is going to be endocrinology a little bit which you know is can be hard (laughs) sorry but um there's kind of three major things that keep track of calcium levels and can either keep or dump calcium in the body depending on what's going on there and that is the parathyroid gland uh the kidneys and the gastrointestinal tract Uh, and obviously bone has a role to play here too because like i said that's like the calcium bank where if the body needs more calcium that's where it's gonna go to um so in in normal like calcium uh homeostasis so like calcium homeostasis just like maintaining calcium at a functional useful level in the body um the there's you know the body has feedback systems the endocrine system has feedback systems to keep this under control so uh let's talk about just in general like where and where do you get calcium so calcium is something that is largely uh, taken in by the diet Um, and that's why like milk for growing neonatal juvenile animals that's why milk has so much calcium because what is growing in these young animals bone bone development in that first year of life is insane um like goat kids kittens puppies all of these things um kittens and puppies i mean even more than goat kids if you ever look at x-rays of kittens and puppies it's like they're made of rubber um they their bone the mineralization of their bone is so 
slight when they come out. Um, when bone develops, it's for it's like almost like first it's cartilage, and then the cartilage mineralizes. So as those puppies and kittens grow from birth to like eight weeks of age, when is usually the time that they like go home and are adopted, like they they have to develop all this bone and the calcium doesn't just appear out of nowhere it has to come from somewhere it has to come from the diet and it has to come from milk because that's what their intake is um so calcium is largely from the diet i mean it is from the diet that's where it comes from so the gastrointestinal tract the intestines uh have receptors and ports and i don't honestly remember the physiology of this part but suffice to say that uh the intestines absorb calcium as as it is needed um and that would be like quite an active process in a in a young neonatal juvenile animal so it's like the the gastrointestinal system is taking in calcium um that calcium then goes into circulation and it can be taken up by cells called osteoblasts uh, in the bone. Um, and osteoblasts are builders of bone. So those are cells out, like they kind of, they, they, they turn into bone. Um, they, they make, take up calcium, take up phosphate and complex that and make more bone. Um, the what else where else does calcium go so calcium goes around the body does those things it needs to do helps muscles contract helps the heart beat helps nerves work um and then if there's extra left over after all of that the body's like okay well we don't need all of this um so the kidneys pee it out um through the through the complicated kidney system that like regul tightly regulates what all is either excreted in urine or saved by the body. So there's various things that go out through the kidneys um, or are saved by the kidneys, and calcium is one of them. So different parts of the tubules in the kidneys um, say, okay, well we've got enough calcium. We don't have enough calcium, and you know which one is it and do we keep it or do we dump it and that is more closely related to uh the parathyroid gland and like the actual kidney itself um and vitamin d <laughs> so there's three there okay there's two like more major hormones that um tell the body when we need to save calcium and then there's one that tells the body that we don't need to save calcium we've got plenty the two calcium saving hormones are parathyroid hormone and uh vitamin d um parathyroid hormone so the para is comes from the parathyroid glands also called pth so if i say pth that's what i'm talking about parathyroid hormone uh the parathyroid glands uh pretty much like sit right on the thyroid glands so that's you know thyroid parathyroid but do very different things um one of the like one of the major things is making pth so the parathyroid glands if there is not enough calcium 
Okay, so this is like a hypocalcemia state. There is not enough calcium. The parathyroid glands are like, okay, not enough calcium. We need to say we need to mobilize calcium from the bone so there is more free calcium in the uh, circulating blood. So those important, like immediate life processes happen, basically. So parathyroid hormone is released from the parathyroid gland um, and then it goes into circulation, goes to the kidneys and then tells the kidneys, yo, we got to save calcium, hold on to that business and, um, you know, take it up. Other thing PTH does is... Getting complicated now. Um, more complicated, typical endocrinology type stuff. Um, PTH stimulates an enzyme in the kidneys that activates vitamin D to like the activated form. So, uh, vitamin D, active vitamin D is calcitriol. Um, and there's some like, I can't remember like the actual chemical name. Calcitriol, active vitamin D, also tells the body to save calcium. So parathyroid hormone goes to part of the kidney and says, hold on to that calcium, don't pee it out. Um, Parathyroid hormone also goes to the kidney and it activates vitamin D. So vitamin D... uh, If I recall correctly, I didn't review this, but I'm pretty sure um, humans are weird about vitamin D. So if you start vitamin D, uh, so if you start thinking about vitamin D and you think about like, oh, you need to go out in the sun and blah, blah, blah. um, Like that doesn't, it's not the same for, for, I want to say like almost every mammalian species except humans. Um, And if you think about that, that makes sense because like our most mammal species are covered with fur and uh, things to happen in the skin wouldn't work so well if you're covered in fur but in any case that, so all species but one we're not talking about humans uh, PTH activates vitamin D to calcitriol and I can't remember the um, like uh, like technical chemical name of it uh, vitamin the active vitamin D form it, it's uh, it was like multiple kinds of vitamin D I feel like I had to know this at one point but um, in any case uh, the vitamin D it gets activated and then uh, the so calcitriol same thing active vitamin D uh, and then it um, works at a different part on the kidney and it tells the second part of the the nephron the tube tubule of the kidney that produces urine um the stuff's flowing through there and the kidney this part of the kidney from calcitriol is like hold on to that calcium and you've already got pth working on another part of the kidney saying hold on to that calcium so now we have pth which has stimulated um, part of the kidney to save calcium we have pth which has told the kidney this enzyme in the kidney to activate vitamin d and then the vitamin d is telling the i should say calcitriol sorry that has activated vitamin d to calcitriol 
and the calcitriol is telling a different part of the kidney to hold on to that calcium. And then the calcitriol also goes out and tells the gastrointestinal tract that the gastrointestinal tract should hold on to all of that calcium that it can um, because it is needed. Uh, so in a normal case when calcium is low, that is what happens. Uh, and then uh, when there is calcitriol out, it should also f do what's called negative feedback on the parathyroid gland to say, okay, this whole thing that you just did is now working, so please stop making PTH because that whole thing, everybody's saving calcium now. We don't want to start out that signaling pathway again with keeping making more and more PTH uh, if you got if the whole the whole thing it's like a Rube Goldberg <laughs> contraption almost and you like set it off with this one thing and then all of these other things start happening you don't want to set it off again because all of those things are already happening um, and you don't want too much calcium because like I said back a little bit ago too much calcium can also be a problem um Right. So then the other thing that happens if there is too much calcium is that there is a hormone called calcitonin, uh, which is, um, I want to say it's made by the thyroid gland, if I recall correctly. So if there's too much calcium, then the thyroid's like, too much calcium, here's calcitonin, and then that inhibits all of those other um systems from taking an effect. So I think that kind of is kind of complicated, but tells you a little bit about how calcium works and is either mobilized from bone or taken up in the GI and uh, like all of like how is it how is it maintained it's under it's under tight wraps because too much calcium um, can kill you in various ways um, so too much like circulating calcium especially like ionized calcium that's active can uh, cause a problem for nerves can cause a problem for muscles um, and yeah so that's not great um and then I think I said a little bit about it, like if there's too much calcium and then it can complex with phosphate, and, and that typically happens in, uh, in the bone, that's where it's supposed to happen because you need those like mineral complexes in the bones to make the bones hard so you can walk around, but it can happen in other places too, um, often like the kidneys, and you don't want mineral in your kidneys because then they don't work, and you need your kidneys to work in order to live. Um, but having said all of this, like this whole system of calcium regulation is like that whole thing of like, there's not enough calcium. So we stimulate PTH and the stimulate and then we activate vitamin D and vitamin D says, okay, now you got to save calcium in the kidneys. You got to save calcium in the GI that like takes a little bit of time. And then you're like, okay, now you got to mobilize calcium from bone. Like that takes a little bit of time. Um, 
so when you mobilize calcium from bone, PTH turns off your osteoblasts. So it says osteoblasts, calm down, stop hogging up all the calcium because we need the calcium for something else right now. There's not enough out in the blood. We need to stay alive. Bone's going to have to wait a second. And then when those osteoblasts are shut off, there's this whole thing that activates osteoclasts. And osteoclasts are the cells that if there's a place where bone needs to be broken down, where it needs to be uh, remodeled in that way, so bone, think of it as either like depositing or withdrawing. Um, if you're depositing, these osteoblasts are really just like laying out down new bone. Um, it can be in response to growth, it can be in response to repair, so like a fracture, um, or it can be in response to like stimulus of just like everyday stress and um like use of bone so like if you are using your bone in a different way your bone's going to get stronger in response to that so if you're like lifting weights or if you're running or uh, whatever it is that bone is like oh I gotta beef it up here in order to to deal with this new stress it's not something that happens like instantaneously though um and then, so PTH is telling the osteoblasts to calm down, and then indirectly, the osteoblasts activate the osteoclasts. And osteoclasts are these really cool things. They look like, like they actually look like, um, if you look at like a scanning electron microscope picture of osteoclasts, they look like the Pac-Man um, ghosts, and they kind of like crawl along the surface of bone. And they release this, like, an acidic substance to break down the bond between the calcium and the phosphate. So then the calcium and the phosphate can be released into the bloodstream. Um, and they're, they're big cells. Um, and they release, you know, they break down the bone and they release it. So bone, like, while I think I said at the beginning, it seems like it's very, like, stable and it's just sitting there. And compared to lots of things in the body, um, it is. But at the same time, it's constantly being remodeled and changed by these osteoblasts and osteoclasts which is kind of cool um but going through all this again and being like this is complicated it takes some time to do that to activate this whole thing um it takes a little bit of time and it's not something where like the, the body, you know, you got to think about like the metabolic strain that our paraparturient lactating animals are going through. So like your high producing uh, lactating does or lactating cows, like within, you know, like one to two days, they are suddenly like, oh boy, I have to dump all this calcium into milk, which is then leaving my body. And where is that calcium coming from? Um, it's just a huge amount of calcium. So that system of, um, like getting the cal mobilizing the calcium needs to be primed and ready to go when we have lactation, like the onset of lactation. Um, and I'm going to talk more about that in the next episode. The, what was the other thing I was going to say? There are also other, then you get, get into calcium. So that's like the, the way the body regulates calcium. But then like ionized calcium can also like 
stick to things. So then there can be things with calcium where, like, if you have more albumin um, or less albumin, like I mentioned, you know, calcium can stick to proteins. If you have more or less proteins, then you have more or less active calcium, um, which can may or may not be a problem depending on how the body is used to it and or regulating it. Um, you Yeah, so, um, I feel like, uh, that's kind of the, the basics of calcium homeostasis. I feel like I'm forgetting something I might have to come back and re-record and add in, but, um, it gives you a good basis for kind of understanding what, what all calcium is doing, um, and why and how. Uh, so I'm almost home and now I'm starting to think about fencing. Um, so I, uh, will record next time about mostly probably about hypocalcemia because, um, that's what we deal with a lot in, well, not a lot. Uh, hypocalcemia milk fever is not super common in dairy goats in my experience, um, and I may speculate a little bit on the reasons for that in the next episode as compared to... Oh, I remember the other thing I was going to say. Um, and then you have the way calcium interacts with other um, minerals or um, ions in particular um, in like in the bloodstream so like there th things compete with each other um ionized calcium has a negative charge um if i recall correctly i'm pretty sure um but then you have other things like potassium and magnesium and all of those things have charges too or that and they they can compete for the same um like way like gi way into the body um they can compete with the receptors on cells in the body depending on what uh you know which thing you're talking about and that can complicate things as well um so you may like you may be in a situation where you don't have like a true calcium deficiency in that if you were to measure the amount of calcium in the bloodstream it would be normal but you could have a functional calcium deficiency because um it's getting crowded out by something else again i don't i don't uh you know i think we don't have this as an issue quite as much in dairy goats as we do in dairy cows because like just the, they're not, they're not the same animal. Goats are not small cows. Um, and like they eat different stuff. Goats just like are behaviorally and functionally different in terms of what they want to eat. So it, it matters. It matters. Like most, like a lot of dairy cows are just like exclusively eating a TMR. Goats are often eating like grain and then forage and then hay. So they're like more of a variety. Um, so that's, you know, to be considered as well. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that stuff, but often it doesn't really, in my experience, doesn't really matter as much for, for goats as it does for cows. Um, yeah, so I think that is going to do it for the moment, because uh, I just pulled in the driveway and I have to unload some stuff from my truck and do some fencing, and I'll talk to you guys next time.